You're listening to the RTE Today podcast featuring some of the best bits from our show on RTE One weekdays at half three. You are all very welcome back. Of course, we today are celebrating Law Eilabrija, of course, St. Bridget's Day, at the patroness of Ireland, who was known as Murrinangail too. She's been around since the 5th century, or maybe even longer. Maybe even longer, yeah. Here to tell us all about St. Bridget, we have oral historian, Tomás Makamara, Fáilte Rótha Náis Who was, Kervin Nébrid, who was St. Bridget? Well, we have to go back, I guess, to, to the 5th century to try and locate the Saint Bridget that, that we certainly maybe recognise. Now, as you indicated there, there may be an older version of St. Bridget, which we'll talk about. But the St. Bridget that we know or we're familiar with was born in Fahart in uh, County Louth, near Dundalk, in the year 450. Now, what we know is that this time, Christianity is being introduced to the country. So St. Patrick has only arrived a couple of decades before that. You're starting to see some conversion. You're starting to see a recognition by the Christian church in the Celtic beliefs and attempting to kind of merge the two and fuse the two. So it appears from the traditions that we've inherited that uh, that Bridget herself, born to a, a pagan chieftain and a Christian mother, mm-hmm. had really embraced the idea of Christianity and wanted to devote her life to it. Yeah. Uh, of course, her father had different ambitions mm-hmm. for her. One of them would be to marry her off. She was known to be a very attractive, beautiful girl. And a prince, of course, was selected mm-hmm. for her. And it seems she wanted to get away from that and devote her life to God. And in order to try and pursue that, she disfigured herself. It said that she pulled out her eyeball. Oh, yeah. Now, again, that often is, is used to represent a disfigurement. Yeah. So we certainly would, would take from that story that she disfigured herself so that she'd be less attractive and so on. So eventually she was uh, uh, accepted into a convent, but then started to develop significant uh, traction as a figure in Christianity in Ireland, developed her own convent in Kildare, which is how you know a young girl from Dundalk becomes connected to Kildare, becomes an abbess. And while it's not, you know, entirely uncommon, it, the, the level of, of uh, power and influence she gained was really, really significant in her time. As a woman, or was it then? Because she... In her convent, she wanted men and women. She wanted equality. Everybody was yeah. welcome. That was her, almost her own theology. It was. And, and now, what I would say is it, it's unusual within the Christian context mm-hmm. to have to see somebody with that much influence, see a woman. But in Gaelic Ireland, it wouldn't. In mm-hmm. Gaelic Ireland, women had significant roles and, and, and power. So she was part of that sort of duality of the Gaelic Celtic world and then into this Christian world and she brought a lot of that with her. So she starts to have this influence and of course becomes recognised as this Christian saint. But what's really, really important, I feel, is that all of the time that she holds on to those elements of the Celtic uh, sort of world and mm. the Celtic spirituality. Now, we, we need to, to consider the idea of uh, at least two Bridgets, mm-hmm. because there is uh, reference to a Bridget in mythology, in Celtic mythology. So there is a goddess Bridget, and she is a goddess of poetry, she is a goddess of healing, and she is a goddess of the forge, or the smiths. Mm. So that brings fire into yeah. it. So there is this uh, idea of syncretism, this notion that you bring two sort of belief systems together. Yeah. We look at the Celtic cross, we see the sun against the Christian cross. Yes. And in some ways, you're trying to kind of disentangle Bridget 
uh, are the Bridgets. Oh, yeah. it's, it's possibly this idea of morphing together, yeah. uh, oh. these two or was it Was it the Twilight Zone in one sense, Tomas, where you had the pagan world and the Christian world coming together and kind of in that period before one taking over from the other? 100%. You're in that yeah. liminal time yeah. in Irish history. But what's really important, Dahi, is that you know the way in which Christianity developed in Ireland was very much in deference to that pre-existing belief. And the 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 saint Bridget that emerges from that tradition is a saint of the Irish church. You know, we're now familiar with the Roman church, yeah. but for centuries and centuries, uh, Bridget was far more aligned with that notion of a peculiarly Irish church that was still somehow in touch with those old connections to the land, to nature, yeah. to the season. And of course, her death on the 1st of February then connects her with Imbolc. Okay, and, and of that course, the of spring. That, yeah. Exactly, that whole Imbolc in my, in my belly, the idea of pregnancy, the idea yeah. of rebirth and renewal. Yeah. But how we become connected to the most obvious symbol that you have there, Mara, yes. yeah. the, the Christ, or the, the St. Bridget's cross goes to that foundational story that an old chieftain was dying in Kildare close to the abbess, close to the abbey that she had created. Christians in the home called for her. She went there. She began speaking to the old pagan chieftain about Christianity. And as there would be in the old stone floors, there'd be yeah. uh, rushes for comfort and heat and so on. So she picked up the rushes, started making the sign of the cross to show and to demonstrate and the idea it. of the Christian cross. Yeah. And that then becomes the tradition. My but God. there are a whole range of traditions and customs that emanate from that one foundation. Yeah, we, we spoke about Brat Vrede as well, yeah, like we were, we're supposed to put yesterday. it out last night. Yeah. And we can show you one here. I think it came in from Anne O'Sullivan. Mm-hmm. Agnes, Agnes and John O'Sullivan, and uh, it's beautiful. So that, this, this Brat Vrede, Tomas, would have healing powers. That was a very important one. I mean, it's, it's the Brat Vrede could be a ribbon, it could be a scarf, it could be ornate like you have there. But the idea was you put it out the night before and when Bridget would pass your house, yeah. she would bless it. You'd bring it back in, it would have curative qualities. The headache was one of the particularly uh, specific ones that that was an ailment for. But there were celebratory aspects. Yeah. The Bree Dog was a little baby that was dressed up and that was brought around by the girls around the village. Yeah. The biddy boys were dressed up, something like the Rand boys. Yeah. They would travel around and they'd visit the various homes and maybe look for a we few We still pennies. have this. This is actually footage uh, from... So it's long ago, Sean McAtee yeah. did this. Isn't it From fabulous? But well, I just look at this and I felt I was saying earlier on, they're almost kind of something you'd see from South America or something. They were kind of dress code and the whole lot. Well, I guess throughout native cultures, there would be that public celebration. What, what, what's really interesting, there are those public elements to, to the adherence of custom to St. Bridget, but there is the peculiar reality that they can be celebrated within the home, which yeah. I think is a really significant thing that you, you make the cross, you put it in the rafters to protect the home. Yeah. You maybe burn it the year later to protect your house against fire. Mm-hmm. So there was a very intimate connection with St. Bridget, even though she was this national, you know, historic um, uh, figure, you could draw in her look into your home to, to keep your family safe. I want to make one point, because yeah. we're looking there at, at you know, public celebrations right up to last year. When St. Bridget was born, the Roman Empire still stood. Okay. Oh now you consider the endurance of her story and the endurance of her tradition. You go through from the fall of the Roman Empire, the arrival of the Vikings, Brian Baru fought in Clontarf, aware of the story of St. Bridget. You go through to the, the Black Death, you go to the arrival of the Anglo-Normans, 
the Cromwellian plantations, 1798, War of Independence, right up to the, the 1965 in Fahart, 2023 with Sean McAtee and Kerry. Like, that's some endurance of the story. <laughs> Do you know what? Can I just, just while you're talking about Fahart there, can mm-hmm. we roll a little bit of this footage? This is beautiful. And this is in the 60s. I think this is 1963. And this is on Fahart. And you can see it's almost like, you know, the kids are dressed up in their communion dresses, but they're celebrating Bridget. Yeah, it's a Isn't lovely, it beautiful? It's a, it's a lovely a public sort of representation of that, that celebration. And it's in Fahart where she's from. You yeah. know, they're very connected to that. There are sites that are specifically connected to her story in Fahart. So, you know, she is very much celebrated uh, in that locality, even though she's connected with Kildare through her abbey. Mm-hmm. But the endurance of the tradition is really, really important because that's the 1960s. And you can go back 1,500 years from whenever there was a recognition of yeah. her publicly. And I think, you know, there is that earlier goddess and we shouldn't, you know, uh, dis- disassociate yeah. that because it's all part of that Gaelic, Celtic uh, tradition. All part of the tapestry. It is. And I mean, if it draws our attention to the importance of tradition and the adherence to them and a recognition of their importance, then that's a very good thing. I think it's bad that there's such a resurgence. I'm going to show you later, so because you have lots of photos coming from all over the world. You know what I noticed, though? You (laughs) saw it too. Kids, little kids in the last couple of years, since the bank holiday and the talk about and the whole lot, are now being called British again. And rightly so. That's it. Thanks, Thomas. Thanks for listening. Don't forget, you can tune in to the Today Show every day on RTE1 from half three. Or if you miss it, you can watch back on the RTE player. Visit rte.ie forward slash player. Stay tuned.